0: Hello and welcome to Overinvested, a podcast about pop culture obsessions. I'm Gabby Baker-Whitelaw and here is my co-host Morgan Davies. Hello. So this week we watched the 2016 independent horror movie Raw, written and directed by Julia Ducourneau. Garance Morillier stars as a shy young veterinary student who faces horrifying hazing rituals during her first week of veterinary school, forcing her to break her strict vegetarianism. This sends her on a transformative path as she begins to crave the taste of raw flesh. And thank you very much to our Patreon sponsor for this week's episode, Thomas. This is a widely acclaimed indie movie. And it's particularly in the news this week because uh, the director just won the Palme d'Or at Cannes for her new movie, Titan. So this was quite an extreme film, Morgan, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. I was glad to have the excuse to watch this because it was something that I definitely kind of vaguely been aware of. And I think had seen people rewatching it on Letterboxd in the past few weeks because the new movie was at Cannes. And I would have wanted to rewatch it before seeing Titan, but this is not really in my zone of films, so it was good to have like a concrete excuse to be like, I have to watch this this week. And um, I thought it was good and interesting. I cannot say that I enjoyed the experience of watching this movie. It's not pleasant, <laughs> um, which we'll, we'll discuss the... You know, body horror type stuff going on. I was really interested to see that, like, you tweeted from the Overinvested Twitter account that we were doing this movie, and we had several people reply, being like, oh my god, I love that film so much, <laughs> which is great for them, and I hope that they enjoy this episode. But, like, I just did not have that reaction at all because I was too uncomfortable. <laughs> watching the movie which isn't even like a critique of the film like I
0: thought it was good it's just a you know your personal taste your stomach's critique rather than your artistic critique yes Yeah. (laughs) yeah I mean I like this movie a lot and I think the concept of it is fantastic and the lead actress is amazing and I'm looking forward to kind of talking about the director as well And I love horror movies, so this was more in my zone. But I did have to turn away from the screen at several points, because even I was like, this is too extreme. (laughs) But it's definitely not kind of um, exploitative, just like two hours of hyperviolence kind of thing, which I have seen a few of kind of at horror festivals. And I'm just like, this isn't for me. And also, I kind of am not particularly impressed by just extreme slasher movies that are just nothing but gore and body horror. But in this, it's actually, in terms of like the runtime of the film, It's like a relatively small percentage, but it's shot and kind of conceived in a really thoughtful and effective way. So it has this massive impact. It's like, oh, here's a movie where someone eats some human flesh. And it's like, well, we have seen that in many iterations, but this director has has an extraordinary talent for making that the most disturbing thing you can possibly imagine. (laughs) So um, yeah, very impressively well done in that regard.
1: I mean, she in one or two interviews I was reading was sort of saying like, I love horror movies, but this isn't a horror movie. And I think it is in some ways and isn't in other ways. And obviously, like, arguing endlessly about genre classifications is not the most productive use of time. But I do think that she has a point in the sense that, like, I really like horror movies. They're not my favorite genre, but, like, I definitely enjoy them. I don't like slasher movies, as you say. I think that they're kind of a waste of time and tend to be exploitative. But in general, I like horror. And I think that horror generally has an element of like pleasure that I didn't get from this at all right like there's an extreme aesthetic quality to most horror movies that like this movie's not interested in that at all there's extremeness in the behavior for sure in fact the like MPAA like seal that goes up at the front of the movie that was like many things listed (laughs) under why it was rated R and the first one was a barrent behavior and I was like well that's a sign
0: that we are in for a ride but um I also love that because it's like that really covers truly a multitude of sins it's like oh okay she's yes. behaving oddly it's like well they're not wrong she's behaving very oddly
1: but that sense of almost I mean obviously there's so many different sort of like stylistic veins within horror but like that sense of kind of like gothicness that I think you see in a lot of horror and that I definitely enjoy is not present in this movie at all And so you're more sort of stuck with the just like queasiness and discomfort of what's going on, which is obviously totally intentional, but that like, I just didn't find enjoyable because you're just like, well, this is like weird (laughs) and like really unpleasant. And I could sort of understand what she was going for without enjoying it. And that did make it kind of hard for me to evaluate because I was just like, well, I don't enjoy this at all. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I was, like, tormented, you know, it's fine, but it didn't click for me. Um, I do have a couple critiques of the script, but it's, again, hard to sort of parse, like, what I thought genuinely was, like, not quite working in the movie, and what was me just being like, yeah, this is not, <laughs> this is not for me.
0: I mean, to me, I, I would definitely just classify this as a horror movie, because I know there was kind of a lot of... Debate over, like, does something count as a horror movie if it's not scary? And it's like, yes, of course it does. But this is sort of the body horror aspects kind of make it automatically horror because, like, it's attempting and succeeding to bring forth a reaction of disgust. But it otherwise, like, kind of thematically, it's a psychological horror movie, but it's not suspenseful, which is something that's really rare. And kind of the only thing that it was really strongly reminding me of was um, there's this psychological horror film from 1981 called Possession, uh, which also has some kind of strong body horror themes. It's a French and German film. So it's kind of in the European indie drama zone. And I was interested to note that the director had the actress here watch that movie for this for preparation. And I was like, interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have seen that movie. I think that movie's great I do think that that again is like stylistically so much more heightened than this film which I think is really well directed but I think it's deliberately like not flashy at all yeah and again I don't not that every horror movie has to look like Suspiria or whatever but the cinematography is almost like aggressively non like stylized which obviously is a stylistic choice but like there's this sort of approach that mimics like European realism and then you have the body horror elements thrown in but in a way that like theoretically isn't like beyond the realm of what's possible even though obviously <laughs> this wouldn't happen <laughs> so i and I, like again all this stuff about sort of hazing which we'll get more into the plot in a second but i just think that there's a lot going on in the movie which is what she was sort of pointing out in this interview But like all the stuff about the sort of school dynamics, it's not that it's incompatible with horror. I just think that the experience of watching the film for me was really different than watching a lot of other movies in that genre, except when you then get suddenly into the like really gross out body stuff, which I also think the effect she's going for is kind of different than in some other movies like that. Where they're trying to be kind of titillating in a certain way, and she is not going for that <laughs> at all. Like it's just supposed to be uncomfortable. But why don't we get into her a little bit more? Because you were doing some reading and discovered some stuff about her background that <laughs> yes, really explained a lot about this movie. To There's me, so
0: several really great interviews with Julia Ducournau after she made this film because it was such a big hit and everyone was talking about it. And uh, the, kind of the key piece of backstory for her is that she is the daughter of a gynecologist and a dermatologist. So she kind of has that background <laughs> and she very kind of intentionally set this movie in a veterinary school rather than a medical school. Cause she wanted to kind of remove it from the direct medical background. Cause it kind of seemed too easy to do a story. That's just about like a girl going and trying to snack on some corpses. Like there's a lot of stuff going on here to do with the protagonist's vegetarianism and her feelings towards animals and the way that like you kind of assume, like, oh, vets, like this is gonna be like a really sweet-hearted person surrounded by other sweetheart hearted people who love animals, and she gets there and everyone is like a sociopath. But like, yeah, in terms of these interviews, she seems to be an extremely strongly opinionated person, which doesn't surprise me. And kind of after this film came out, there was a lot of buzz about people like passing out at Toronto's midnight screening of it. And as Morgan said, there's like quotes from her saying It's not even a horror movie. Like, even though I like horror movies, this isn't horror. But she also kind of pointed out, yeah, it's a midnight screening at a film festival. So everyone who's there is probably like tipsy, probably hasn't eaten in hours, which is constantly a problem at film festivals. You just don't have time for a snack. And it's midnight. So it's like, yeah, I do get her point. People probably were passing out for a multitude of reasons. But kind of the other interesting thing about her backstory is that um, she went to film school. She's like a very kind of trained filmmaker. And she's made three films, four now, because she just had another film come out. And she has collaborated with the actress Garence Morelia on all of those movies. She discovered her when she was 12 for their first short film that she made together, which was this movie called Junior, where Garance plays this girl who like sheds her skin and goes through a transformation. And I mean, I do just think this is like a tremendous performance from her in this movie, like a 19 year old who's playing slightly younger. I think it's kind of a European college rather than universities the character is 16 or 17 and she's very naive when she arrives at this college and very sheltered because like she's vegetarian but it's clearly something that's been heavily enforced by her parents particularly her mother who's very controlling so she's this very academic girl who is just completely shocked when she arrives at college and like basically the first thing she experiences is Like she moves into her new room, which it turns out she's going to be sharing with a guy, which is like a surprise. And he's like, well, I'm gay. So they just figured it was the same thing. And then the room is like immediately raided by all these older students in balaclavas. They kind of chase up all of the new freshmen and like put them through this hazing ritual that ends in a big wild party. And then they're all kind of told for the next week, we're basically going to torment you. And then you'll come out the other side like a real vet student.
1: Yeah, I mean this would be to contradict my own arguments about the like genre nature of this movie. <laughs> the unbelievable over-the-topness of the hazing situation and the fact that there appear to be like no adults.
0: I anywhere. was very curious <laughs> to hear from some med slash vet students in Europe, because on the one hand, one hears a lot of very horrifying university hazing stories, especially from like France in the US. And two, medical students are known for being like famously intense. And I was like, how much of this is kind of coming from stuff she's really heard about like med school? I was very curious. But like, it was both extremely extreme and also kind of within the bounds of plausibility, even though there's like no adults.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like any individual thing you could be like, well, that could happen. But in the aggregate, and again, the fact that they're just like running wild all over the place, and I mean, look, like, I went to college in America. and whatnot. not like I was personally involved in any, like, sorority hazing. Columbia University, not a big, big situation with the Greek life. But uh, it was just, like, a lot. <laughs> a lot. And she shot it in a real vet school. And, like, I commend the scouting Oh, my God. I was wondering
0: because... where she shot it because, like... The idea that like a real vet school would be like, oh, it's fine. Please associate our fine establishment with this movie, which is the only film I've ever seen about a vet school and basically makes it look like hell on earth.
1: Well, and it just the physical space looks like a fucking 19th century, grim, experimental It's more like brutalist. It's
0: like brutalist empty spaces.
1: The outside is definitely brutalist, but the inside you have all this like dark wood And, like, the lights don't work properly, which, I mean, obviously the production could control that, but... And then, again, yeah, all the, like, dead animals in bottles. The whole time, I was like, this is the darkest, grimmest place imaginable. And when I was reading up on it afterward, she was like, yeah, it was a real school, because, like, I mean, I don't know about all the interiors, but there's a scene where, like, a horse gets tranquilized, and, like, she shot the, like, it was, like, an actual procedure that was happening and they like put a couple actors in the room but like basically just shot the they got permission to shoot there and I was like wait this is like an actual place
0: (laughs) (laughs) just I like I just hope there was like a screening for like the veterinary school faculty being like uh yeah
1: Ah. I do think the fact that none of the other characters evinces like any remote interest in what they're nominally there to study is kind of funny and slightly absurd. Obviously, that's an intentional choice, but it does heighten the sense of, like, fantasy, I suppose. Um, not that any, everyone who signs up to be a vet or indeed a doctor is going to be, like, a bleeding heart. But there's a scene at the beginning where the main character is talking about how you shouldn't rape monkeys because cause they have, like, a subjective consciousness also, right? And everyone's like, well, that's absurd. You're just a ridiculous person. And that's, like, the only time they actually talk about animals in a, like, substantial way the entire movie. (laughs) And I was like, right, all these people have signed up to be vets. So, like, they just are, like, psychos who clearly aren't interested And I mean, it it was a bit silly.
0: I mean, I was willing to accept it, because, like, basically there's, like, three kind of primary characters. The protagonist, her sister, who is played by Ella Brumpf, And then uh, her roommate, who's played by Rabbah Knight Ophela. And you kind of only get like their perspectives on why they're going to vet school. And it's pretty clear that the sisters are only there because their parents were both vets and went to this school. And they've had very different reactions because like the protagonist, Justine, is the good girl who's succeeding academically and is really dedicated to being a vegetarian and is really well behaved and shy. And then her sister Alexia is the rebel. And she has really, immediately like done really well socially at this college because she's extremely confident and extroverted and like aggressive and mean. So she immediately is like happy to participate in all these horrible rituals and basically like she immediately pressures her sister to swallow a uh, raw rabbit kidney is like the first part of her initiation ritual. And it's just like, look, you're not a vegetarian, I'm not a vegetarian anymore, it doesn't matter you just have to do this. And obviously Justine, who's like 16 or 17, is like shocked. And then her roommate, Adrian, kind of just seems like he's someone who's like picked a university course, but he's not enormously invested in being a vet. He's more just there to kind of go to college and have the college experience and party and get laid, which a lot of people do. But yeah, you do not really get an in-depth view of like the various vet students' reasons for being there. And as a group, it really just seems like Justine, the protagonist, is the only one who's really objecting to all the hazing and is really traumatized by it because the others are, I guess, like more socially adept and more able to just accept the fact that this is part of the experience they're going to have to go through. And all of the older ones have already gone through it. So they're just like a bunch of monsters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it ties into what the movie is and isn't interested in doing, which I think the movie's weakness which isn't necessarily a huge problem is psychology (laughs) like the the, the end of the movie kind of tries to like psychologize the whole plot which like we won't explain until we get to the end but I think that that felt like a bit of a cop-out to me and like I don't think that that it was also something I could kind of infer from watching
0: the rest of the film
1: (laughs) well but like I just don't think that the film seems that interested in like character on that level, as opposed to sensation and visceral experience and like making the audience feel uncomfortable. Right. So if you were trying to tell this story in a really rational, it's not quite the right word because obviously people don't act rationally anyway, but like really sort of like psychological way, you would go way deeper into all the characters and would sort of try to go after more of the like social dynamics you would just have a better sense of who the other people are and like why they're there and the ethical issues about being a vet and the vegetarianism stuff would be more plumbed I think but that's not what this movie is about there are those three central characters, but I think the only one you really get a strong, strong sense of is the protagonist. And even with her, like what her psychological makeup is, like, I'm not really sure aside from like, she's been the good girl and now she's in this like bizarre situation. I think what the movie is way more interested in and better at is again, creating these sort of moments where the audience is put in the position to be experiencing something incredibly uncomfortable and For me, that was not very pleasant, but obviously for a lot of people, that sort of sense of like taboo breaking is subversively exciting in a certain way, or like the discomfort and like grossness is pleasurable, right? So I just think that it works way better if you're not trying to overthink (laughs) it, whereas if you actually try to break it down and are like, wait, this doesn't make any sense, then the movie falls apart a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was not thinking or analysing at all while I was watching. I was fully kind of embedded in this experience, which I think is kind of the intent of the film, as you said. And I think the people who really respond to it have that experience, which is, it is all very closely focused on Garance Morellier's performance, which is very physical and sees her kind of going through this coming of age arc. But it's framed in a different way than one usually sees. This movie has been compared to the werewolf film Ginger Snaps, which I think is accurate. That's a great movie, which is about puberty and sort of periods. And it's also about a pair of sisters and it's also body horror, but it's a lot more in the sort of mainstream teen movie zone, whereas this obviously isn't. And with this, I just felt like it raised like a lot of very kind of compelling and emotionally plausible scenarios to do with like the ways in which this girl is just like really... Socially awkward, but not in a sort of theatrically over the top way. It's more just like she's so kind of naive and she isn't able to kind of instinctively react in the way that her peers are just like confident, even in an immature way and able to just kind of go along with this unpleasant social situation they're in. Like you see all of the other freshmen basically just like partying and kind of going along with being tormented because they've just accepted that it's part of it. And she just completely falls apart. And the catalyst for that is eating this first piece of meat. And obviously you could do like a more traditional story that's just like realistic. But what actually happens here is she has this kind of extreme allergic reaction where her skin gets really inflamed and starts to peel off. (laughs) And then she starts craving flesh and has to find more meat. And eventually human meat.
1: Yes. So, I mean, spoilers, but like, if you're still listening, I feel like you've probably seen the movie. This is a cannibalism
0: movie. Yeah. And it's also like so many films (laughs) with this theme, a very overtly sexual cannibalism movie. And the director also has a kind of a lot of strong feelings on depictions of female sexuality and kind of the framing device that you get for young women kind of having coming of age, sexual awakening stories, which I think probably as a French filmmaker, she's especially aware of. But there was a great quote from uh, the director, Julia Ducourneau, who says, I want to portray the birth of sexuality in a young girl differently to what I feel we see a lot. Usually it is very cerebral and women are constantly questioning, like, are people going to think I'm a slut? Is the guy going to call me? Is he going to tell all his friends or whatever? which has nothing to do with sexuality for me. I think this basically victimizes the women, so I wanted to portray it in a way to the contrary that was completely unapologetic, shameless, and just aiming at climax in the moment and in the body.
1: (laughs) Well, that is what's going on in this movie. She wants flesh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, she levels up from the rabbit to, like, literally grabbing... A, like cooked like hamburger or something and like sticking it in her pocket in the dining hall <laughs> to try
0: to steal it because she's still like in denial she doesn't want to be openly eating meat so she's like eating like raw fish out of the fridge
1: and... but something about the sight of her like stick is like dripping with condiments and like sticking that in the pocket of her little you know doctor's jacket Amazing. (laughs) It was just so perfect to me. I was like, this is such a, again, like, breaking the social contract, right? Like, you're just not supposed to do that. And the woman who's, like, manning the buffet is like, you have to tell me what that is because I have to ring it up. And it's, like, totally humiliating. Yeah, she takes a bite out of some raw chicken in the fridge, which I was just like, oh. I was
0: truly cringing throughout much of this film.
1: (laughs) Do not eat that. And then... It really gets going with the like centerpiece scene in the movie with her sister who i oh my god, I had to pause in the middle of the scene and like get up and like do something else because I was just like losing my mind. This was
0: the point where I was physically facing away from the film.
1: <laughs> she's gotta go out to some party or something, and the sister who, as you said, is like older and definitely more way more socially capable. And I also think that actress is great. I The whole time I was like, I feel like I've seen her in something. And it turned out she was in that horrible Netflix show, Freud, which I reviewed <laughs> last year. And I was like, well, that was different. Um, but uh, I think she's really excellent in this movie. And just like completely magnetic. Her eyes are like, convey so much. And so she is like, I have to give you a bikini wax. And the, like, close-ups in this scene, I was just like, <laughs> because you know something's gonna go wrong, right? And there's like a dog who keeps wandering over and like, trying to get his face in the hole. I mean, oh man. And does go wrong. Like, they can't get it off. And the sister brings a pair of a huge pair of scissors over. Like, enormous scissors. Which, naturally, Justine, the main character, is like, no, like, I don't. Like, you're not, Like, I don't want that down there. And like, freaks out and sort of like just like closes her legs and sort of like rolls over and this winds up chopping one of her sister's fingers off and the sister like immediately just like faints because you know as you would and instead of putting the finger on ice because there's no ice justine just like stares at
0: it for a while
1: and then goes down and eats it
0: but this is also kind of what i was saying at the beginning of the podcast which is that we have seen many, many films, particularly zombie films, where you see people like eating human flesh. And this is literally just a scene where someone's eating a finger, which when you describe it, doesn't actually sound that bad. And in fact, could just be something from like a Halloween town, you know. (laughs) But it's so like the visceral kind of emotion that she is experiencing. And like, you can see how lustful and craving she is. And just the, and you get such a sense of, the social violation of her making this decision, like right in front of her sister who's passed out. Like, instead of going for help, she's just called the pa- campus paramedics and is now just focusing on this finger. And then there's just this long, unbroken sequence of her eating this finger where you hear all these like noises and she's kind of really tearing into it because it's really stringy, because it's like built up all of the sense of kind of shame and embarrassment and like how weird and uncomfortable she is as a person. It's so effective. And I was just like, I cannot watch this.
1: <laughs> yes. Also, there is definitely a, like, undercurrent of, like, incestuous sexuality going on with the sisters throughout the movie, as evidenced by the fact that the first time she eats human flesh, it is her sisters. And th- this is- comes right after this, like, bikini wag situation. <laughs> so that only compounds the sense of this being, like, completely a taboo that has been broken. Not that it wouldn't be for in like, any situation, but like just the intensity of the, like, this is totally wrong and bad. And then her sister wakes up and sees her doing it, which really makes it even worse. Yeah, that scene is just, like, a total nightmare, but incredibly
0: well done. And as it turns out, kind of in a twist, like a semi-twist, this actually becomes a bonding experience for the two sisters, because after she's gone to hospital, their parents have shown up to like find out what's happened with one of their daughters losing a finger. The older sister covers for Justine and kind of reveals to her that she also loves to eat human flesh, which is something we have seen earlier kind of hinted at because her bathroom includes the same ointment that Justine, the protagonist, has to deal with her allergic reaction she initially had from eating meat. And the sister immediately takes her on like a little road trip to a nearby secluded street where she shows how she basically hunts for people by jumping in front of cars, making them crash, and then eating the people who are in the car.
1: See, this is where I was like, I, I don't know. Like,
0: I was <laughs> like, if anything, I could have done with more of that.
1: <laughs> well, you would have to be more of that or less. Yeah, because it's feel. kind of,
0: it's more in the obvious, like you've fully transformed into a supernatural creature zone.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think we should just spoil spoil the whole movie at this point because yeah. if again, if people are listening, I feel like they've probably seen the whole thing. But the like big reveal at the end of the film is that this is like a family pathology, and their father reveals to Justine at the end of the movie, after the sister has murdered Justine's roommate and like really eaten a lot of him and is in prison that like her mother is the same. And like he opens his shirt and he's got all of these like wounds on him, which I was kind of like, yeah, you've never seen your father without his shirt on. Like, okay, (laughs) this is like totally new information. But that was the thing that I was kind of like, I don't need this like explanation. I don't think it serves the movie particularly, but conversely, Without that explanation, the sister being like, oh, you ate some of my flesh, therefore, obviously, I will just throw myself in front of a car and start eating this guy's head makes literally no sense. Like, it was so, like, what the fuck? I mean, it
0: made sense to me because I was just all the way through. I was like, as soon as I saw that little thing of cream, I was like, okay, so the two options here are either everyone at this vet school is a full-on cannibal and she's about to be inducted into that, or she and her sister have some weird genetic predisposition to become cannibals.
1: But that's from eating the rabbit. She has the, ra- the rash from eating yeah. the rabbit kidney.
0: But that's what causes the transformation and her parents must have known because that's why they're so keen on making sure their kids don't eat meat. Because they know that once you, stop, when you start, you can't stop.
1: But like, that's a lot of jumps in your head. I mean, obviously it's a cannibal movie, like people are eating meat. But I don't think, like, I did not like see the tube and be like, well, obviously her sister's a cannibal. That just clearly, to me, I mean, that's what that's... I mean, clearly something's going on, but, like, the sister did not make sense to me. Oh, well, that was, that was immediately
0: end. where my mind went, particularly kind of in the context of this really controlling mother. And obviously it's also kind of a metaphor for female sexuality and the idea that, like, their yes. parents have gone the wrong route by trying to just repress both of their daughters. Like, they're not allowing them to any have any meat, but, like, crucially, they've not informed them about their desires and what might happen when they're adults and go away from home and they've just kind of been like oh it's fine for you to just go to college and be exposed to precisely what we were exposed to
1: but we get like one scene with the parents at the beginning and that's it and aside from them being like oh you can't eat meat that's like otherwise they're not there's not like a ton going on
0: i don't know it was enough information for me
1: (laughs) i mean Obviously, again, like there has to be some sort of like psychological thing going on or else the movie doesn't make any sense. But I did not feel like there was enough. And I didn't think that was very interesting. Normally, I'm someone who wants everything to be like a Freudian puzzle because I enjoy that stuff. But to me, that was not the part of the movie that made the most sense or was the most successful. So to have that kind of be like the key on turning everything at the end of the movie, I felt was kind of week
0: yeah i mean this is kind of the eternal problem of when you're telling a story vaguely along these lines where to what extent do you explain what's happened because most zombie movies are very happy to provide some sort of scientific explanation even if it's just a preamble that's like when the zombie plague hit the united states because it's basically a pandemic story whereas if you're doing a, a vampire movie there's a whole variety of different ways you can go with it you can like make it scientific or you can just make it extremely operatic and surreal and with this like you said you've got this very realistic setting and also the film is quite clearly kind of functioning as a metaphor but the way we as viewers are experiencing it is as social horror and body horror because it's such a kind of visceral emotional response we get to the main character and although I was like completely accepting all the business with their family and sister and felt it was, like, quite clearly illustrated through the, like, trajectory of both those characters. When they kind of got to the end and gave it a really explicit explanation, even though it was kind of the explanation I already had in my head, I was a bit like, I don't know about this because it kind of ties things up too neatly, you know?
1: Well, right, and, like, part of what's interesting about the movie is that the way she's depicting female sexuality which we should talk about more in terms of like what happens after that finger eating scene is genuinely very subversive and shocking and so to then be like well it's all for mom and dad is like just not that's not very interesting to me.
0: And also because it's in more of a real-world framework, because the ending is like, oh, the older sister's gone to jail, and now the father is giving the younger sister a pep talk, being like, you're going to have to figure out how to exist in the world like this. And it's like, well, I get that it's like, oh, you're going to have to figure out how to like fit your extremely socially unacceptable desires into society. But also the whole tone of the film up until now has literally been like she's transforming into some kind of mythical beast.
1: <laughs> yes. And I mean, I guess that that's like a point that you could say the movie slash the filmmaker is making about like female sexuality having to sort of
0: conform to societal norms, but like that doesn't seem like what the movie's about either, yeah. and it's also, also like it's a, just these two sisters, and everyone else at the college is much worse than them because they're all monsters, so I mean the older sister also yeah the older sucks. sister is also terrible
1: <laughs> she i mean she's very compelling as a character, yeah, but like she's she's no bueno. <laughs> She does not treat her sister particularly well, though, to be fair, the younger one also eats her finger, which I would be mad about, you know. But we should say a little bit more about, again, with sort of like plot developments after after the finger eating, because she just becomes sort of compulsively drawn to biting people in ways that are either distressing or quite funny, depending on circumstances.
0: I mean she starts lusting after her gay roommate in a very amusing and awkward way because it's like he's gay. But then it kind of turns out he's probably bisexual and he's still coming to terms with sexuality because like he's like 20. So they do end up having sex and he's like constantly having to shove her away from biting him. So what she does is like bite her own arm extremely viciously and cause herself to bleed. And there's a great quote I read with an interview with this actress who says, like, oh, yeah, like, she explains that, like, the finger, the prosthetic finger was made of candy, so it was really delicious. But she said, on the other hand, my arm copped it. At the end of the day, it was all yellow and swollen due to the bruise caused by the bite. But of course, I didn't bite until it bled. I had a sponge with fake blood. And it's like, yeah, I can see why you and this director get on well.
1: Yes. And that happens right after she's, like, bitten the lip off of some other dude. Oh, God,
0: yeah. There's, like, these... The, like, she and some other freshmen are, like, basically forced to kiss by some of the older students, and her response to this is, like, to tear his lip off. <laughs> Which is
1: totally gross, but also, like, it's funny.
0: <laughs> it's a bit you more know? of, it's funny, and it's also a bit more of a sort of traditional uh, horror movie in this framework, because you are a bit like, yeah. yeah,
1: We know what's gonna happen. I mean, the second half definitely has more of that vibe to it, because you're just waiting every time she comes into close contact with someone. For like her to, yeah, you know, do some damage, and uh, then she and the sister wind up really going after each other because she gets really drunk and the sister basically like has everybody come in and watch as she toys with her and a corpse. It's quite upsetting it's and really I thought awful. One of
0: the- yeah, it's like the I think that's the worst thing that happens in the movie is like when her sister is yeah. taunting her in the morgue, and I was like, and it's all like filmed, so it's clearly like it also kind of makes. The concept of her having a future much more complicated because it's like this is going to be the girl who's famous at her college for having a massive fight with her sister, which happens immediately after that. They're like physically biting each other to the point of blood in front of hundreds of other students. But also, she's in this viral video where she's trying to eat part of her corpse. So, you know.
1: <laughs> well, that's again like where the movie kind of resolves in a way where it tries to be realistic like the, no no yeah it's like not, this video
0: exists if if we were having it in this kind of real world scenario but like uh, you know i think the movie works
1: better as i keep saying on a slightly heightened level because i think one of the things that is really effective about it is even if the sister there were things about her that didn't quite line up for me until the like end explanation which i found frustrating I think both those actresses are really great, as we've said, and the fact that you have these moments where one of them is treating the other in a like genuinely awful way, that obviously is the most upsetting moment that we just described. But like the older sister in particular is like really horrible to her younger sister and the younger sister like eats her finger, which also is not something that you should do. So and I think certainly there have been like movies and books and whatever about like difficult sibling and sister, specifically, relationships. But there's a desire, I think, specifically with sisters to have some kind of, like, triacly resolution because it makes people uncomfortable to think about those relationships being sort of, like, too damaged. But people can be really awful. And, like, obviously this movie is really heightened. But I think the willingness of Du Corneau and the movie broadly... To be like, no, this is really fucked up was really interesting to me. And then, of course, it does kind of resolve at the end. Like, they're they're back to liking each other, but only because one of them is in jail. So,
0: yeah, like, mm. I read um, in one of the interviews with the director that in earlier drafts, it was just meant to be, like, another older girl at the school, and then she realized, like, oh, no, they should be sisters. This needs to be, like, a Cain and Abel thing, which is correct. That is definitely a really great framing device for the story.
1: Yeah, which also makes the kind of, like, weird incestuous vibe makes sense yeah. to me because that definitely is happening and i think is interesting but like if it was originally they weren't related i was like that scans but it's totally better if they're related i mean if yeah. it's just like a random other person you lose a lot i think
0: i mean i think our verdict on this film is clear i liked it morgan was extremely grossed out but recognizes many of its high points <laughs> uh, i fully understand yes. why some people are obsessed with this film and I am very much looking forward to the film that she just won the Palme d'Or for.
1: Yes, which sounds, I've tried not to read too much about it. It sounds yeah, very Cronenbergian, who, we, I can't believe we have not mentioned him this far. <laughs> she says she's influenced by him. That's clearly, I mean, it's apparent yes. that he is a big influence.
0: I've I've enjoyed many a
1: Cronenberg film. <laughs> we need that kind of energy out there. So even if this was not exactly my cup of tea, like I'm glad she's doing her thing. But uh, thank you again to Thomas for requesting this. Even if I didn't particularly enjoy watching it, it was really interesting and really interesting to talk about. So next week we have another Patreon request. A very different film.
0: A different and very seasonally appropriate film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we will be watching Bad Mom's Christmas, which neither of us have seen. It will be an interesting experience. I've not seen the first one,
0: so we'll neither just be Neither have I, in. but this movie... It co-stars Christine Baranski, my favorite woman in the world. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: And Catherine Hahn, right?
0: Yeah. The main characters are played by I Mila Kunis, Han's Kristen Bell, and Catherine Hahn. And it is like a mainstream American comedy about some bad moms. And it's set at Christmas. And I'm very curious to find out why this has been specifically requested to us. Because it's slightly outside our general yes. wheelhouse, even though our wheelhouse is very broad. So, um, strong cast. I- intriguing concept.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor reviews. But yeah. you know what? That's fine. We keep an open mind here. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, Christine Baranski can do no wrong in my eyes. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in that. So yeah, we'll be some celebrating mid the middle of summer with a Christmas movie as, you know, why not? You can find us on Patreon if you would like to request a movie of your own at patreon.com. Slash overinvested podcast. Gabia, where can our listeners find you and your work online?
0: You can find me on Twitter at hello underscore Taylor, and you can find me on YouTube at behind the scenes.
1: And you can find me on Twitter and letterboxed at ML Davies. The podcast is on Twitter at overinvestedpod. Our Tumblr is overinvestedpodcast, and our website is overinvestedpodcast.com. Thanks. Bye.